Again, I want to extend a special welcome to the parents and sponsors here of these confirmandi. But I don't want to speak to you this afternoon. You're welcome to eavesdrop in. But I want to speak to these eighth graders and the few freshmen that we have with us this afternoon. Three things. Turning outward. Three things you need to do and a question. So first, turning outward. Turning outward is not something our culture is very good at. It's not something that our culture promotes. Rather, the culture is one of which promotes us just to turn and to act inward, to be self-centered. Generation me, actually, I think is... I've seen, I think it was the cover of Time Magazine, labeling it not Generation Me, but the Generation Me, Me, Me. And it's actually so much so that our, that our culture is actually training us, training me. I was trained this way, and it's especially training you, training you to habitually think about yourself, training you to habitually think think that you're the center of the universe. Now the recipe, this recipe, always leads to disaster. Always. It always leads to bad consequences. We see that right now in our culture. With a culture that promotes not outward, but inward focused, We see the consequences. You see the consequences. You see it on the news, the news that you do watch. You see it in your school. You see it on social media. You see it and you say, I'm not so sure this is the world in which like, I kind of want to live. It doesn't take a very long look to see that the, the trajectory of our culture is not one that's going up, but it's going down. This is obvious and apparent. So what we need is an antidote. And that antidote to change the trajectory of our culture and our society is you. Now when I say that I don't want you to hear this cheesy type of be all you can be, go out in the world and you're going to change the world. You can hear that as cheesy. Certainly a temptation. But you are called to change the world. And it's the extent that you conform your life to Jesus Christ. It's the extent that you are able and will do that. Because the world is starving for examples. Starving for beacons of hope. Of people that that point to what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful. Our culture doesn't know what is true. It doesn't know what is good. We don't know what beauty is in our culture today. And nobody possesses of what is true, good, and beautiful than God. God is beautiful, God is true, and he's good. And the world is starving for these examples, desperately so. 
It is especially the case starting for the examples in young people. To conform their lives to Christ. To be true, good, and beautiful. And that's why in a moment here, Father Dinda will get up and the prayer before the imposition of hands, as he looks out in the prayer, the request, as he addresses you before the prayer, as he addresses the entire congregation, parents and godparents, he says that this anointing that's going to take place, this anointing to help them be more like Christ, the Son of God. To be finished the, the last sacrament of part of your, the sacrament of initiation, to fully take on the body of Christ. The Christ that wants to set you apart, make you different than the culture and the world. And of course, God always supplies. He's God. How about us? So that brings us to three things you need to do. First, you need to remember. As their father Dindo is going to address the congregation here, he then moves and his hands will go up for the imposition of hands along with mine and the prayer of of confirmation will be prayed. And the very first thing that is prayed to Almighty God is this, all-powerful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, by water and the Holy Spirit, you freed your sons and daughters from sin and gave them new life. The first thing here that the church wants to invoke and to call to mind for you who are about to get confirmed is what happened if it was at this church back at that baptismal font when you were a baby of what it is that God did for you, that he freed you from sin and death. That you were born into slavery. You were born with a tyrant that had a a tight grasp on your life, of which that there was no way that you could get out from under it on your own. You can't free yourself from it. So God in his goodness sent his son to die for you on the cross so as to liberate you and to undo the grasp of which the tyrant has a tight grasp on you, or he did, of which he is ever constantly trying to close that gap, his tight grasp on you again. So you need to remember, you need to recall before you get confirmed here to keep that in mind, to remember what it is that God did for you. And not just now, but it's important And the reality is that it's easy to forget this. It's easy to forget it as an eighth grade, as a freshman. It's going to be even easier to forget it when you get older. But to know that you can always, right, as he did free you from the grass, the reality is that we can enter back into that grasp of the tyrant. Every time that we drift far from him by committing mortal sin, we enter back into the grasp of the tyrant. And for some of us, after we get confirmed, maybe years from now, maybe it's when we go off into high school, we're seniors in high school, or when we go off away to college, or maybe it's when we're young adults, or it's 30, 40 years old, some of us will drift far, far away from him. Some in this church right now are going to drift really far. And we're going to fall hard. 
And the, and the tyrant will have a tight grasp on you once again, the same way that he did before you got baptized. When that happens, know this, that God will always be there ready, wanting to undo the grasp of the tyrant again. You just need to remember who he is, what it is that he's done for you, what kind of relationship he wants to have with you. So the church wants you to remember here this afternoon. Secondly, you need to want the Holy Spirit to be your guide guide and help. The next prayer that the church makes here, that Father Father Dindo will say, is after recalling, wanting you to remember the baptism, he says, now, Lord, send your Holy Spirit upon them, you, to be their helper and guide. You need a helper and a guide for the simple fact that life is hard. Life is brutally hard and it's filled with suffering, pain, and heartache. You're old enough already as an eighth grader or a freshman to know that that's true. Some of you in this church right now are dealing with some heavy stuff, whether it's at school or things with your parents, siblings, whatever it is, you've seen some stuff already and that you know that life is hard. But here's the thing, it's getting, even, it's getting even more difficult and hard for you. Our culture is becoming more and more hostile to you. It's becoming more and more difficult for you to navigate on what is true and good. And you do need a helper and a guide, but not just someone just to give you good advice, although that is very important. You need those people in your life. Hopefully your parents and sponsors here with you today can be that one, the helper and guide to give you good counsel and advice. But above that, you need the Holy Spirit as your helper and guide. One who evokes what is good, true, and beautiful. That will never lead you astray that will always guide you. If if Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is not guiding and orientating your life, something else will. And whatever that something else is will lead to confusion and frustration for you if you're following that instead of God as your helper and guide. I promise you that. So decide today, before you get confirmed, decide today that you want the Holy Spirit as your helper and guide. And tell him that. And that third thing you need to do is you need to receive. That prayer then, Father Dindo is going to continue, and after asking the Holy Spirit to be your helper and guide, it's going to go on to say, come now, Spirit, Give them the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. As I mentioned, it's getting all all the more confusing out in our culture today. What was always up, people want to say is down. What was always down, people want to say is up. It is getting all the more confusing. 
What is the point? What is the purpose of the human person? What's, what's the purpose of my life? Those questions, the answers to those questions, we're getting some really crazy answers to those questions right now. So you need the Spirit to give you wisdom and understanding. Going on, asking here that the Spirit of right judgment and courage and knowledge, right judgment and knowledge, to know, to be able to reason correctly and what is, what is right. So I can know as I navigate these years ahead for the rest of my life, what is good and what is right. So that I don't make decisions in my life that lead to heartache. But it's not enough just to have the wisdom and right judgment. The next here is courage. Because I can know what is right, but if I'm not courageous, especially coming up in our culture and society, if I'm not courageous, and if there's a virtue that's lacking more than courage in our culture, in our society today, I don't know what it is. From inside the church and outside the church, we need men and women of courage that I know what is good, I know what is right, and I'm able to, to follow it. The definition of courage is doing good, doing the right, even in the face when it brings upon pain and suffering for me. And you're going to need that. You're especially going to need that in the years ahead, in high school, when there's going to be group thinks of your friends around you and say, now all of a sudden what was up is down and down is up. Go ahead and follow this harmful ideology. You're going to need courage because you're going to you're going to lose friends. It ain't going to stop in school. Because when you get off to work, there's a good chance, possibility that your, your boss or whoever it might be, you might lose your job to stand up what is true and what is good. You need courage. And then lastly here, that Spirit give you reverence, wonder, and awe. Fill them with the spirit of wonder and awe in your presence. To have a sense of wonder and awe on who it is that God is. That he is far, far, far greater than you could ever dare to imagine. Far more loving. That that reality goes even an ounce deeper in your heart here this afternoon. To know what it is and who it is that God is. What it is that he's done for you and for me. Because when I have wonder and awe for God, the creator of the universe, the movement is to put him number one in my life. If God is not or does not become number one in your life, something else will be. And those things will lead you to a life of frustration and disappointment. I promise you that. Which leads us, lastly, to the decision. In a minute after that prayer, you're going to come forward one by one with your sponsor. 
And as you come forward, your body will communicate, your body will communicate that I'm coming forward to make a move outward to receive as well. That's what we will see. That's what everyone's going to see. So your parents and sponsors are going to see. But inside, inside it could be something totally different. Inside you can approach here to receive this sacrament and you can be closed off like nothing else. You could not be open to receiving the sacrament, to receiving God's grace, to receiving his help, him as a guide, his spirit. And because the sacraments are not magic, and they're not, what that means is is that grace is going to go unrealized in your life. So come with an open heart. Choose him. Make a decision now that you want to put him number one and make a decision now to invite him into your life. Make a decision and just simply ask him as you're waiting here, as others are coming forward in this, the moment of silence that you have to wait to come forward, make a simple prayer and say, Lord, help me and come into my life and I surrender my life to you so that I can turn outward and change the trajectory of our culture.